0: Park Life Podcast where we like to talk about hot urine and cold drinks. Oh yes. I'm hanging you out do. here I'm hanging out here with my co host. Who's hey.
1: Um, off air, we had a very candid oh. conversation about drunk college Greg, which has now seeped <laughs> its way on air. <laughs> Well, we'll if leave you are that.
0: wondering if your urine can have steam, yes, it can.
1: That's how you know you're in a cold bar. So right. um, welcome to that Park Life podcast.
0: Welcome. Welcome to some fun stuff
1: today. Welcome to Caffeinated Greg. Do you know that I don't mm, drink coffee no. or tea or anything with caffeine or soda or anything? And I decided today, Monday, Labor Day, 2020, I'm, yeah. going, to, I'm going to introduce caffeine into my diet. And I'm drinking what out of this nice drink? old Key West mug. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's black tea. I don't know, guys. Oh. I got a free... I took a free, a couple of uh, free tea packets from the room we were in over the last week. And I was like, I'm going to drink tea now, guys.
0: I'm going to drink black tea because I'm hood like that. <laughs> I
1: had green tea and I hated it. And I'm um, halfway through this glass of yeah. black tea and it's gross.
0: Are you feeling like, are you feeling it? you'll know or are you like oh okay i think mm-hmm. my heart will
1: be out of my listen i really don't consume caffeine i'm not making that up i just i've never had coffee i'm not I really i don't know into if it. you could
0: talk any faster so i
1: i have a new york speed to my voice i'm so sorry
0: this will be real interesting why don't you guys add us after this episode and let us know if you could tell that greg was on caffeine we'll or not. see i should
1: have said i shouldn't have said anything until the end and be like guys was i different today and then guys, people will. Well, i have a
0: confession guys. i'm so excited <laughs> i'm so scared <laughs>
1: Hopefully, everyone knows you're talking about that episode of Saved by the Bell, and otherwise, <laughs> if you just you're sounded you cool, crazy. you
0: know exactly what I'm yes, talking about. <laughs> to this
1: day. I hope that they allude to that uh, episode when they do the reboot, which is forthcoming.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Very anyway,
1: true. we have an, a unique episode today, because typically, when we do a behind-the-gram, it's its own like standalone episode, and we just talk with a guest, but we're combining it with a full episode today, and we'll bring mm-hmm. Cam in in a moment. And I'm excited to hear about his YouTube channel and his being a bibbity boppity bartender doing some Disney drinks at home, which I know a lot of people get excited about Disney drinks, one, because there's a little less traveling to Disney now at the moment. So maybe you're looking to have something to do at home. And um it got me thinking about uh, Disney drinks and Disney food. And I happened to hear or read an article um about whether or not how to tell if you're a true foodie or not. And it wasn't about Disney. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. hmm, general. I want to know if I am a true Disney foodie or not. And I decided that I'm going to uh, make up a, maybe not makeup, that makes it sound cheap. I'm going to craft a uh, mm-hmm. questionnaire to have on next week's episode. And we're all going to find out if we're true Disney foodies or not. Something to look forward to.
0: Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. I'm down. I'm down.
1: All right. So Should with, we bring our guest in? With Is it no time? further ado... Here he is. Cam, welcome.
0: Yeah! What's going on? How are you?
1: Hey, we're doing well.
2: Good. How's
0: it going? I feel like I look oh. real orange. I don't know what's going on over here. I look real
2: red, so this is great. Yeah, yeah. you know what? Luckily no I'm one so can see it but no us. I'm
0: glad yeah, no one can yeah. see this, so.
2: This is actually an affirmation for me, because people have always told me I've got the face for radio, <laughs> and this is actually...
0: <laughs> no. That's a eh? lie. That's a
2: lie. Look Aww, at that. that's a
1: lie. She never See, says anything nice about know. me, Cam. I don't know what's I happening. I It's
0: true. I really don't. So I really mean it.
1: <laughs> so Cam, you come to us from a variety of ways. Allow me to tell you about yourself. So okay. I first came here across your account when you were a part of a vlog from the Magic Dads. And that's how I was introduced to Cam Mack Adventures. I was like, oh, and then my wife, Nicole, and I um, happen to be big fans of theirs. And we happened to, they introduced you, or at least you were a part of one of their vlogs. I don't remember where you guys went. And uh, so we started watching some of your vlogs, too. And I think at that point, I started following you on Instagram. And then a couple of weeks ago, we had Andy from Animal Kingdom as one of our cast member chats. And I don't know. I don't remember how exactly, but I think maybe you had re-posted um, his episode. And I was like, oh, wait a second. That's that guy from the other thing that I also kind of know. And then we were talking <laughs> real quick. And then, boom, here you are on that part of that podcast. So thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you. And it's funny, because, like, the reason I got started with this in the first place is because uh, on the day Rise of the Resistance opened up in Hollywood Studios, we I was with Steve and Mike of the Magic Dads, who are, you know, longtime friends of mine now. Mm-hmm. And we were also with the WDW couple, Josh and Taylor, good friends of mine. And so with that day, we went and, you know, roughed it with the crowds. But also the whole day, my wife and I were sitting there, like, watching them record themselves all day. And we're sitting there like, well, you know, this is cool. I mean, we'll, we'll talk to ourselves for a little bit. Good thing we enjoy each other's company. But it's funny because, like, you could see when you look past all that, like, they were having so much fun with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. not something they're just doing that's like a homework assignment. It's not something they're doing because they feel like they have to. Uh, it's just genuine people that really enjoy what they do and want to share it with other people. So that's really where I got started on mine. I was like, wow, I've been, you know, whether it's working for the mouse or visiting the mouse or being in other theme parks, like. I know all this stuff, you know, like Mm -hmm. I should share it with other people. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I would tell you it started off initially like a job for me, like a full time job, because there's so much you have to learn to be able to put something out on YouTube. It's a lot more effort than some people think. And then there's all the marketing and stuff. And really what it is, is like eventually you just start having so much fun with it. You just don't want to stop. And it's great. It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So wait, the Rise of the Resistance you were at, was that Disneyland? Disney World. It was Izzy World. Okay, because you're in Seattle now, correct?
2: Yeah, so we actually just moved out here like four and a half months ago during the pandemic times. Uh, We actually wanted to move out here in the first place for quite a while now just because... And this is going to make a lot of sense. Every time I tell someone this, it's like, oh, yeah, I really kind of missed, like, the booking of a Disney trip. I really miss, like, Mm -hmm. anticipating it, looking forward to it. I mean, because for the years and years I spent in Disney, there is rarely ever a time I can even walk into a gift shop and not know somebody, you know. It's cool. It's great. But I got to tell you, like, I miss just the genuine feel of, like, getting a dining plan and staying in a hotel and, you know. So, it's not that I'm going to be away for a long time from the parks. I think that you'll still get some pretty consistent, you know, reviews of dining and stuff from me. But I got to tell you, like I'm so excited for like booking the trip and going out and like leaving the magic behind when I go, you know, yeah, there's so.
1: something to be said for that because I've mentioned it before as a local, you don't get the beginning of a vacation feeling. Like that vibe just disappears. However, on the flip side, you also never get the end at least me personally. I never get the end of a vacation like blues. So there's like a a plus and a minus there for me. But I do yeah, that's I, true. I do really miss like going to sleep the night before a Disney trip and like feeling excited like it's a Christmas morning situation. Yeah. And I, I miss well, you know, that too. I just
0: won't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, Now you're in Seattle. So I guess I, I, that was uh, that's why I asked about Disneyland because I'm like, well, you're closer to Disneyland now. So have you guys been there yet since I mean, obviously hasn't been open? Since quarantine. Yeah, that's right. It hasn't been open. But have you been there like in general at all?
2: Oh yeah, many times. Honestly, okay. I got to tell you like for a while I had some flight perks through some friends and obviously being a cast member in Disney at that point, I would be able to visit the resort for free in Disneyland, which was right. super cool. And man, I got to tell you, I was there like every 3 months for a span of like 4 years. It was insane, right. so right. much fun. But the last time I, I was out I've there never was been,
0: so I'm like, oh okay. Oh man,
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of weird because if you've been to Disney World, obviously that's a cool place, but if you go to Disneyland, personally i actually enjoy it more because you got more concentration for a small area mm-hmm. so you got mm-hmm. more attractions next to each other it was so weird seeing like captain eo from the same place in the distance i could see tower of terror yeah. and like also be yeah. underneath space mountain it was such a weird right. you know like but let me tell you like honestly when you go to disneyland for some reason you really just feel that sense of tradition like the sense of like walt disney's presence being there which is yeah it's kind I've of a beautiful a creepy thing <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've heard that about like well, and I'm really into history and like nostalgia and all that, so I feel like it would be pretty cool to, um, to just be there and kind of see where everything started. So and yeah, Walt's get, ghost will sure.
1: follow you home. I know.
0: I know. I'm <laughs> sad that they like still have no, like, no opening date. No, nothing's, nothing like, open.
2: No, no in
0: talks over there. So
2: I know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a while too. And honestly, I've already been in talks with the Magic Dads about like our first visit to Disneyland yeah. with them again because we're gonna make it yeah, a because- double thing
0: aren't they over there too
2: um they live actually out in arizona so okay. a lot of people I'm like, like I, they
0: out <laughs> west. I think that's what threw me off because i was like i'm pretty sure they were out west so i, I mean I have... they did a lot of disneyland trips versus disney world so
2: yeah they do a combination of both they do a lot of their vlogging from disney world uh And I think that's really cool because they stay consistent to the property. Of course, they do Disneyland stuff. I think if you haven't seen the episode, one of the best episodes that they've ever done, in my opinion, uh, was their wedding episode on their anniversary. And you can see that they got married at the Grand Californian in Disneyland, which, oh, my gosh, everything was just gorgeous. I'm like, dudes, I have to tell you this. I've seen that video like 76 times. (laughs) And I cried just the same as the first time.
0: Did I not see that you guys were married in Ireland?
2: Yeah, I got married in Dublin. I mean, I'm
0: like, that's pretty hardcore. How did that come about?
2: Funny enough, Alex and I met in an Irish pub. I actually worked at Raglan Road, uh, Irish pub in Disney Springs for quite a while. And that was on the side. And it's funny, like little side story here. Uh, I have a friend that was like, hey, so you bartend and you work in Disney as well. And you're working like 80 hours a week. Why don't you do both things in the same place, make more money, have more time at home? And I was like, (laughs) duh, you know? Yeah. So funny enough, I just started bartending in Disney and ended up leaving there. But... I would say the most amazing thing about working in Raglan road is having met my wife. So she was one of my guests at my table. And honestly, funny enough, I would, I had this thing against, you know, cause you'll see on the check presenters where you write the tip and everything like mm-hmm. that. Sometimes people leave a number thinking I might be like some sort of model citizen outside my job, you know, and would be good boyfriend material. Uh, but you know, like, I don't know, you got to meet me first, but anyway, so I was always against like, you know, exchanging phone numbers at work. Cause that's my job. Very professional. I like to keep it that way. And, you know, I like to make people's vacation memories be just that. So you have a good yeah. time, you leave, you come back, you know, I'm just that and kind of like my entertainer.
0: That me out. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. But at the end of the meal, her mom actually gave me her phone number. Oh, uh, so she's like, call my daughter. I was like, yeah, okay. Sounds good.
0: Nice. And, uh, it's
2: Thanks, yeah. Mom. So <laughs> with that, the, yeah, exactly. I would say that if I ever have like a big proud triumphant moment, uh, like, She's, like, it's the proudest decision she's ever made. But, like, you know, I can see how the regret might fall in if (laughs) Alex ever, like, is mad at me, you know. But funny enough, like, so we are firstborns from both of our families. We have siblings, all younger. And we decided that we really wanted to elope and go somewhere fun like instead of spending thousands on a wedding Mm -hmm. why not spend those thousands to get like you know drunk in ireland or drunk in (laughs) italy or you know just have a great trip in france like whatever you're like the
0: actual country not just right
2: so we're like you know let's celebrate the ireland part of it and we also have friends that like live in dublin and in in other parts of ireland so we weren't going to be alone either way uh but when both of our moms heard that both our moms were like uh no you're having a wedding this is a moment we've been waiting our whole lives for yeah. So um, we were, and you know, back to the firstborn thing, this is going to make sense because we're both super stubborn. So we're like, okay, well, you know what? Fine. We're still getting married in Ireland. So start booking yeah. your tickets. And we had 48 people at our wedding.
0: Wow.
2: It was insane. Like, oh, God, it was the most beautiful thing. Like, and I think that, you know, if you can manage it, a place like that, that already has that sort of old timey mm-hmm. classic romantic feel. Yeah. It just made it so much more. And it's weird because, like, I can remember every millisecond of that day, every conversation I had, like, and and it was just a remarkable event. And then we did still do our honeymoon across Amsterdam and Paris and, you know, southern Italy. It was amazing.
0: Now, how how long have y'all been married?
2: Well, August 3rd was our one-year anniversary. It's been a year.
0: Okay, so it's, like... You just made the cut, man. Right before, uh, right before quarantine. (laughs) Oh my
2: gosh, we were just saying we're so fortunate because, like, if you think about it, if we did it this year, it would have just been all off the table. Thousands lost, and like, I feel so bad for people that like are having weddings and big events, huge milestone birthdays. Those are the toughest ones to miss, you know. No,
0: all that stuff. But hopefully, people are, you know, a lot of people have rescheduled some things, or they've just made the best of it. So I've been telling Um, people, save your pennies, you know. Yeah, and then go Um, crazy next trip. That's true. Let's talk about some drinks. Um, I had a question and I don't remember. Greg, what do you have?
1: Well, hold on. Can we go back a little bit for a second? Because you mentioned you worked at Raglan Road, and then you transitioned. I think, if I remember correctly, at some point you also worked at Tiffins. I did that up. So where else? Okay. So then, where else have you worked? Like, what's your what's your list exactly?
2: okay so let's start from the beginning here my very first job in walt disney world i was a monorail pilot i did that for a year
1: stop right there i can never experience it because i'm colorblind and it's on the requirements So i'll never be able to do it what was it like
2: (laughs) wow oh yeah because you have to identify the trains by the stripes yeah um so i would say that it was really cool and honestly i would say that the trains are very very tough to drive when they actually would drive them uh because they do have you know they're 25 years old they tend to have you know malfunctions here and there nothing major but it's like little computer things that you have to know how to assess program talk to maintenance about you know fix all that so i will say with the procedures of like basic transportation so you have to know where to hold the monorail at certain points on the beam so you don't get too close you know that there's different speed zones and every one of those pylons that holds the beam up actually Mm -hmm. has a number on it you have to identify those numbers as where you are to the people that are centrally controlling it just like a train system Hmm. and so i would tell you that at 18 years old that that was like a huge oh, sense wow. of accomplishment for me. Cause I'm like <laughs> yeah. sitting there like, wow, I'm like a real life train conductor, like on a yeah, monorail. Yeah. And like, so, and you honestly, like, even though I would say for like six months of when I was working there, we were still allowing people in the front cab to be able to yeah. ride up there. Oh, a lot the of people best. believe it's because of like, You know, events that happened early 2009, mid 2009. But believe it or not, to tell you the truth, it's just that they never kept the cabs very show ready. Mm -hmm. So they just didn't look right enough. And honestly, at one point, one of the central control managers was like, hey, until we get these looking nice again, like they do in Disneyland, where it's nice and clean and people can sit and, you you know, air conditioning was a big thing as well. Yes. So. Uh, that's kind of why they stopped that. And to tell you the truth, like it just gave me a huge sense of pride every day to go in because like you'd see these kids looking at you like you were some sort mm-hmm. of like divine being like, yes. oh, my God, he drives a monorail. That's so cool. You were the
0: and kid I had a uh, monorail. Yeah, car. I had a sticker
2: on the, on the back of my car uh, that said my other my other car is a monorail. And it really was. So like people would be like, haha. I'm like, no, actually, I'm a pilot. Uh, but yeah. Funny enough, after that, I transferred off to Sunset Boulevard attractions because I always wanted to work at Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay, and I worked there for about three years, uh, you know, training, coordinating, also working at Tower of Terror as well. And being a billhop was the, the coolest job in the world. I bet it was because you could go in and be anybody. You could be sad and snarky yeah. with people, and they love that. You could be the happiest person in the world, and it's creepy, and they love that. You know, like the guests yeah. just vibe with whatever you have going on. <laughs> it's really hard to not like hit the mark every time working there every day. Like, yeah. Cause you can maybe be I anybody.
0: Work, maybe I could work for Disney, Greg. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There's your
2: shot. And you can work haunted
1: mansion or tower of tower
2: about, right. You and you get dressed up so beautifully. I love that. Like twenties, thirties style, like yeah. zip oh, that I everyone's that. got going on. And I liked walking around with a, with a, you know, a suitcase and like looking at people like that was so <laughs> much fun. But after that, uh, again, so bartending serving on the outside, a lot of people were like, why don't you just save time? And you know, do you know what yeah. Disney bartenders make most of the time? And I'm oh, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. so aside from making the magic, I'm also going to make my wife very happy with all this uh, <laughs> stuff we can do now. So, yep. in the time that I worked as a bartender in Disney and a server, uh, server roles primarily at Tiffin's in the Nomad Lounge. Uh, but when I picked up the bartending side of things for the years I did, um, basically you had to drop from full time to part time status to do that because there's so much tenure in Disney, there's a mm-hmm. lot of seniority. So, yeah. I was only getting scheduled like once a month, which doesn't oh. pay the oh bills. God. But I was very, very stubborn. So what I did was I reached out to multiple leaders and managers across property and asked to be cross-trained in different places. So aside from my closet looking like Elton John's garage sale, (laughs) I had like every costume. And so to answer your question in the long run, basically I've worked at both water parks I've worked at Port Orleans on both sides, the River Roost and the French Quarters, uh, Scat Cats Lounge. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily, I would work three or four days a week when I could pick up the shifts over at Meisner's Lounge at the Grand Floridian. And that was an amazing time. That was oh, the bet. best the best experience. Citrico's as well and serve there. Uh, I also worked over at, geez, I worked at the Tune In Lounge at uh, Hollywood studios. I worked at the outdoor like satellite bar and I helped open that location and train some of the staff for for the one next to Indiana Jones that's going on now. Oh my gosh. It was this little booth that looked like an ice cream cart in the parks, but now they got this nice bar set up and I'm sitting there like, wow, that would have been so cool to have a few (laughs) months ago. Um, but I'm telling you, I've worked so many places, uh, outside bar at Trader Sam's. I worked at the Tambu lounge. I worked at that satellite bar next to the monorail at, Polynesian, uh, the pool bar out there. I worked at the pool bar at the pop century, the art of animation. Uh, so bo- maybe yeah, what we
0: shouldn't have asked was where have you not worked? I know.
2: <laughs> I would say that the biggest challenge, like, cause it was after a while, I got to tell you, I was working six, maybe seven days a week and I was doing real well on money. Trust oh, me. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you that the toughest thing is that if you go to each of these places, you got to realize they also have signature drinks. So luckily I've got this like photographic memory where I can go to a place and there's like 11 cocktails that are nowhere else. And I've got to know those, you know, so the biggest sure challenge
0: was where you got like all your recipes from, but now I realize it's because you had to memorize them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've also gone through training extensively in mixology and bourbon as well as beer and wine. So I kind of shape my experience over the years now, and now I fall much more into the mixology category. Uh, the things you'll see when I do my bibbity-bobbity bartender, it's me either knowing the recipe and actually knowing the recipe, or right. of course uh, finding out from other sources I have that I know that will you know be able to share with me. Okay. So all these recipes are very accurate. Which which is kind of right. funny because like the YouTube thing you've seen, you can actually see a lot of different Disney based YouTube channels mm-hmm. do cocktails now like everyone became a bartender at home all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very hard to find the ones that are very accurate. And mm-hmm. funny enough, like my favorite to watch is, is the Magic Dad Steve and Mike, because they are always so like spot on. But you'll yeah. see Steve goes like the extra mile to make sure things are just gorgeous. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, I,
0: I the detail.
2: Yeah, and, and I say the biggest challenge of working in Disney at that time and being a bartender is remembering like 300 different cool. cocktails.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine at that point. So, well, that answers that question because I was like, how do you me, <laughs> like, accurate? Because I'm, I'm like, well, other people that don't really have the recipes, so are they all just guessing?
2: So there are a lot of things on like Disney food blogs and Disney parks blogs that like people will post based on the recipes. And it's, I I don't think it's like, so if you, this is the way I like to put it to people. If you think about the allergens, because Disney's very like, you know, very, very accurate and they're very, very attention to detail on allergies. Technically speaking, there are a lot of things that you can ask for recipes for just for your own health. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I honestly, and they don't tell you not to do this when it comes to, I always tell people this when it comes to proprietary recipes, like the slug slinger over at, you know, the Oga's Cantina, they still do have books and things that'll teach you the recipes. But when it comes to like the theming of it, they won't just tell you the recipe right there at the bar. If you're at like Meisner's Lounge or what is now the Enchanted Rose, I'm pretty sure you can ask one of the bartenders like, Hey, what did you put in this? I want to make it at home. And they definitely will tell you. So there are a lot of blogs out there and there's a lot of uh sources where you can actually find pretty accurate stuff uh for instance i had most of what i thought was in uh the when i did the aoa which is my most popular disney yeah, that cocktail blog that one
0: earlier i was like oh right yeah
2: i put i put a little falernum in what's called the pog juice or sorry no the the gorilla grog which has pog juice in it um i put falernum and one of the actual bartenders from the place commented on the video like Hey, uh, there's no falernum in it. I was like, I'm pretty sure there was. I, But this is weird because you'll run into like one of those recipes of the thousands I've probably made over the years, you know. And then you're like, oh, darn it, there wasn't. But either way, something that minuscule for like a quarter ounce, you really wouldn't taste you're it like, too much Greg, differently. Get over
0: yourself. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, Karen. <laughs> of <God. laughs>
1: First of all, that sounds like a made up Harry Potter ingredient anyway. What is it?
0: Does. It, f- it f- does. Falernum. Falernum.
2: Falernum, Falernum,
1: that's made up. You're See, now you're making, making me
2: work. feel weird about saying it. Falernum. It's actually- so it's created in the Caribbean. It's basically like an almond syrup that's got a bunch of other flavors that are tropical in it. You'll find like passion fruit, dragon fruit, things like that. Uh, but it is delicious. It is a key component to a lot of drinks.
1: I'll take your word for it. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so as like an expertise, I would say, um, as an expert, I guess is what I'm saying. What, were your, what are your thoughts on Ogus Cantina? Because I feel like that's kind of the newest, like, it was this big ordeal. So I'm curious what your thoughts were on it.
2: You know, thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of podcasts I've been a guest on, fortunately for me, which is super cool. And thank you again for having me. But, like, this is the one opinion I haven't shared yet with anyone.
0: Oh, okay. And I don't want are to you, lose any friends com- on this. Are you comfortable sharing? It's a totally No, opinion. I will.
2: I will. Okay. I will. It's just... I just don't want to make anyone upset by my answer. But I'm just going to give it because I'm unapologetically myself. I mean, um,
0: we, we give our opinions here on this podcast. Yeah, I can tell you we make that enemies.
2: My, my yeah,
0: very negative on it. So
2: so I think the theme is really cool. The staff is very energetic. And I really think that they preserve that brand really well. Uh, I would say for a lot of the Star Wars stuff that the parks have done, Disney has represented the the saga very yeah. well. You know, there are a couple couple of qualms I have with Galaxy's Edge thinking that they have so much space that they might not have used. It's like, hey, instead of putting like some really cool interactive element, let's put another giant ship to fill this space. (laughs) Like, you know, I get that it's neat, but there should be some sort of experience with it. Um, That said, I think that Ogus Cantina. From a bartender's point of view, mm-hmm. I can give you the positive and the negative. The positive is they're making like eight or nine hundred dollars a shift. Oh yeah, I'm not telling you that. That's that's serious. I know people oh, that work I there, totally
0: and can see that they're
2: they're yeah, yeah they're not suffering. Trust me. That was our main um,
0: outrage was how expensive it was. We were just like, uh, I basically yeah. just bought a seventeen dollar shot. Yeah, I think
2: from a bartender point of view, I think that it's really easily manageable. And if you're really busy, then obviously the one thing that can save you is that the cocktails are pretty much like on pour spouts. So you just go up to like a beer tap and you pour the cocktail. It comes out, you present it to the guest really fast. And the one thing that puts me behind, especially on like mixology style cocktails that I make now, like ones that I actually fresh squeeze the juice, I fresh squeeze the syrups and I manage a bar here in Seattle now. So like, that's everything I've changed their culture completely to fit my needs for like (laughs) wanting fresh. And and there's people posting Instagram pictures and stories now about the stuff I've made, which is so humbling. I would say when it comes to cocktails with flavors like the star Wars ones, cause they are all well thought out. I like the ingredients. They do use Tito's too much in a lot of things, which is another okay. qualm I have. Uh, yeah. but I, from the bartender point of view, if I was going in to see these wonderful cocktails be crafted, if I were to see that they were just pouring them up off taps, um, number one anyone yeah. can do that job number two it just seems a little bit lazy i do get that they may have thought that out through like making sure that the volume that they do for the amount of people makes it quicker and more streamlined the cocktails will always be the same which you know never any inconsistency or people that are pouring you know too much liquor in a drink because they like right. someone you know I, I get that but to be honest with you like as a bar i i don't really feel justified to say that i'm spending thirty dollars for a cocktail it's exaggerated but you know what i mean like it's it's a lot of money for a even, drink.
0: I mean, not if you get a mug. If you're getting a mug, it's 30 it's like 30 bucks.
2: Yeah, and then you've got like so they have they have one that's like uh the Yubnub or something which is in yeah. like a tiki glass yep. and you can only get it in the tiki glass. I don't know if yeah. they've changed that recently, but it's $45. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, well, you know, then great.
0: They, when we went they were like you don't have to purchase the glass, but they are going to bring it to you in the glass.
2: Okay. All right. So, so I guess before it. they made it mandatory, yeah. but now. Yeah. I thought that, so when I went there originally during the soft openings, because I went with a couple of friends that were working for the company at that point, uh, because at that point I was working at the Waldorf because I, you know, found that to be an awesome opportunity for the the craft, you know, being, (laughs) oh my gosh, it was amazing (laughs) doing the events, doing the different style cocktails. And it's funny because like when you get to the Waldorf, you're paying like $20 for for an old fashioned, you know, when I make the old fashioned, but I'm putting like fresh real, stuff in there. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Stuff in it. yeah. So I, I love the fact that you can justify that when you're spending that kind of money, you're making a good drink for it, which is neat. Yeah. So that was the pride factor for me, which is why I left the company in the end. I also had plans to move to Seattle eventually, so I wasn't too heartbroken. Um, yeah. But to be honest, it's just from a from a bartender standpoint, I find it a little lazy. I find the space to be very cramped. And also, uh, the drinks, like I said, they're well thought out. They're cool themed. The fact that they have, like, some really unique garnishes, like the rosemary on top of the Jedi mind trick, I think that's the one that it's on top of. Um, It's neat. I I I like the fact that the drinks are craft, but I don't like the fact that they're not making them on site like that. They are making them before the shift at, like, 5 in the morning, from what I've heard from some of the cast members. But it's like, come on, man. Like, make good actual drinks
0: You're making like big tubs of it. So what was your favorite place then that you worked? Like what was your, where was your favorite place on property to make drinks?
2: Oh my gosh. I got to tell you my favorite spot of all time is the grand Floridian. It's my favorite part. It's like, it's my favorite part of being on Disney property. Like the smell of the Basin white soap store, the pianist in the lobby, everything's so regal and Victorian. And it just feels like no matter how much money I ever make, I will never belong here. I don't, I kind of love that. You know, I'm like,
0: I'm trying to pinpoint what era you wish you lived in, like, uh, oh, what God. decade. I like wish I was in the 20s. 30s? Okay, I was like, it sounds so, like you love that old-fashioned, like, I totally get it.
2: Oh, like gosh, that. I love that. And it's funny, I too, because, like, too. at the current job I work at, like, they only require you to, like, wear a black shirt. So, like, a, a black dress shirt. I find that that's great, but I went out and as long as I'm wearing the black shirt underneath it, I also have like a vest and tie I'll wear, I'll wear like nice slacks, you know? And so I, I spent extra money to make sure everything's whole
0: experience, the whole experience.
2: Right. If I could dress like that, even just going to the gas station or something, I, <laughs> it'd, it'd be acceptable. I would. Like, I I love dressing, like, you know, the way Joseph Gordon Levitt dresses? Like, I love that. Yeah. You know?
0: Are you a a fan of absinthe? Like, is that something that's in your
2: repertoire? (laughs) So, not only do I love
0: Uh, uh, absinthe sugar cubes.
2: Yes. So, the Lausch effect, which is what it's called, it makes it that green, hazy sort of, you know. the one regret I have about being in Europe during the honeymoon is that I never tried any actual absinthe from Switzerland or anything like like that. I missed the opportunity, uh, because the wormwood content is high enough that you can actually possibly feel some after effects. Uh, funny enough, a lot of people believe that absinthe is that, you could hallucinate because you drank, you know, a certain amount of it. It's actually a common misconception because the way that absinthe was stored in early France and Switzerland is that the barrels were actually old wine barrels that they would reuse to store the absinthe. Unfortunately, because of the way they sat in the sun and because they didn't realize that the fermenting of the grapes before they became alcohol without the yeast would actually create a toxic poison. Oh, when they put the absinthe in there, a lot of people believe that the wormwood yeah. would make them hallucinate. Believe it or not, it was just disgusting toxic chemicals from mm. the barrel. That were making people go well, crazy. That's so why
0: that's why, why they could drink a lot more of it than you think, because like we we're watching okay, so we watched The Alienist, right? Yeah. So they show like they show them drinking absinthe a lot. And I'm like, it's like the middle of the day, and it just seems <laughs> like everyone could drink it a lot. Whereas like our concept is, oh, you're gonna drink some of that and you're gonna get real high or whatever it is. But yeah.
2: So, yeah, so honestly, the highness was a thing that they put to yeah. bed a long time ago. Yeah. Now there are the you know Ed, what is his name uh, Vincent van Gogh cutting his ear off being drunk You've also got um, Ernest Hemingway the the author Yeah He wrote a book about bullfighting called Death in the Afternoon and that was at the same time he had his like horrible drug and absinthe addiction
0: Yeah
2: So yeah. yeah a lot of that book he is all over high, the place y'all. <laughs> Yeah and and now there's actually a cocktail that I serve at my bar now that's called Death in the Afternoon, which is actually a cocktail based on er- Ernest Hemingway that features champagne with a dash of absinthe with a lemon twist, and he would actually enjoy it just that way.
1: My right. gosh, this is making my life feel so boring.
0: What we're getting at is, you know your stuff. <laughs> like, everyone, if you want to make Disney drinks, you need to follow Cam <laughs> or you're an idiot, is what I'm saying.
2: Aww. I'm going to put that on all my videos now. If you're not yeah. following me,
0: you're, you're an not idiot. Me, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> and then you know, quotes, dash, that part that podcast. Yeah, you yeah, like you're following people, but it's like it's very evident that you know exactly what you're talking about. You've had the education for it beyond just like at Disney. Yeah. Um, it's what you're doing now. So I don't know. I think there's a lot to appreciate in that.
2: For me, to be honest, like the one thing with it is like a lot of people do the bartending and serving thing because it's quick money. You make good money. Yeah. it's yeah. It's a great interpersonal job. So if you like people, it's a great you know, way to meet people. Uh, But I think that the one thing for me is if I'm going to spend a lot of time doing this while I finish up on my master's in international business, which is what I'm studying right now. um, I, I find that not only is like putting liquids in cups, like fun, I love creating things and I love making things that were not made before. And if they were like, you know, There's only so many combinations you can do, I guess, in the billions, of course. But, you know, I I like the fact that I can create something. And even more so, if I'm going to be doing this full time for 40 to 60 hours a week, I really want to be good at it. I want to know more than most people. I want to be able to tell you, like, why the absinthe is in this drink. Why, you know, you do this with the sugar cube and you light it on yeah. fire and heat it up and then put it out with the water, like, which, I'm like,
0: that's what I am more willing yeah. to pay $30 for than just, Hey, we poured this out of a tap in the back and it has a really cool mug. So yeah. And funny enough, like everyone.
2: I got to tell you, like the bar program at the place I was working, cause they are a very notable restaurant and they were pretty well off for 11 years before I arrived. I've been there about two and a half months now. And they literally, the, the, the owner said, Hey, come up with a new menu, I trust you, we'll have a tasting on Monday, and this is four days I had to write a full eleven cocktail menu. So I did, I wrote it, I put everything together, I wanted beverages that featured local ingredients, like I have, so mm. here in Washington, lavender is really huge, and okay. so a bee's knees is a classic cocktail that features lemon juice, honey, gin, and of course, lavender bitters, so I made my own lavender bitters of a local business, and they're actually, like, selling more lavender, because I'm telling them about, like, hey, by the way, you like this drink, go over yeah. and buy the lavender. Yeah. Uh, and funny enough, uh, I would say that the cocktail prices for this place before were between five and $7. And although that sounds great, you weren't really getting the greatest drinks. Uh, But now, I mean, I wouldn't say my drinks are the greatest, but I would say like the owner had a lot of trouble. Like, why are you pricing this cocktail at $15? We've never had a cocktail. that was $15. Well, guess what? Now uh, my sales. Yeah. Now my sales are through the roof. Now everything's turning out the way I want it to. And this place is making more money because of it. So I'm like, yeah, what can I say except you're welcome?
0: <laughs> well, a lot of people don't. I, I guess it's the difference of like when you go somewhere and you have a really good cocktail or re, you know whatever it is versus when you're just like going anywhere and having one, like you notice the difference. Yeah. Uh, like I, there was a place that we went, I think it was even just last year, and I had the best mojito I've ever had. And it's this place that I didn't even know existed. And I'm like, why haven't I been going here? I will come here for that mojito like every time. So that's I'm right. Like, I don't even I don't even like there's nothing really big about the food about it, but I'll come here and have that mojito because it was dang good.
2: You so. know, I mean, honestly, when if you're an average person like me, even if you go to whatever restaurant, my thing is like I don't want to spend a million dollars at a restaurant. Like I'd rather just have a nice meal and whatever, you know, really enjoy my time. The ambiance. I'm not really the type of guy that's going to go to a place that's like three Michelin stars and spend one hundred dollars on a crouton on a plate. <laughs> you know, like that's not my thing.
1: Don't, don't overestimate <laughs> the power of a crouton cam. I would pay money for that.
0: In this town. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. All right. Um,
0: you got me there. How, how often are you posting videos now? Like, I know obviously you've been doing more. It sounds like during quarantine. So how often are we doing them now?
2: I will say it's been almost two months since I've posted a video. Okay. Kind of sad, you know, but I will tell you that in this two months, I've been putting in near 80 hours at my job mm. a week. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Cause not only did we, did I take over, you know, a big undertaking in this restaurant that's got so many wonderful products. I've also, you know, added to it, created new drinks, working on fall drinks right now. On top of all that, we've also moved to a bigger location that's doing way better now. Uh, so okay. moving all those wines, getting everything to make sense, training the staff. its It's been an ongoing process, but I will say that this is the first three days in a row I'm going to have off starting today. Wow. And, uh, nice. You know what? I'll, I'll give you, you can't see this if you're listening it's to this, but I've actually got the stuff set up now because I'm going to be making the next episode of Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Bartender. Ah. Uh, that and that off, will.
0: Is that nude lighting or are we, uh, oh. lights just off?
2: So no, it, the lights are off just because we're saving a little okay. power. Funny enough, here in Washington, they don't actually have air conditioning in most buildings. What? Uh, so we we yeah, I know it's weird. We've got like the fan going right here to keep things yeah. you know a little cooler, uh, but it's just not necessary because honestly, oh. for two weeks of the year, it's hot and it's about eighty-five <laughs> degrees right now. Ooh, I Think one of the um, dogs knocked over cool. the baby gate. But either <laughs> way, um, Look, this week we are. Is I owe oh, Cor- my puppies. It-
0: Cora Kona. Oh, that's it's Roxy. Roxy's wearing a diaper. Oh yeah, Those she's having crazy. her. Uh... Roxy just sassy swashed out of the door wearing a diaper. <laughs> Come here.
2: <laughs> That's my Let's life see if goal. Give a peek. Is
1: <laughs> to just sass just my crazy. way out of a room in a diaper.
0: Yeah, she's pretty mad at you too. It sounds like. Look,
2: oh. Ugh. Oh. Yeah, she gets <laughs> grumpy sometimes. She's still a puppy, so she likes to like bite yeah. whatever she can. <laughs>
0: Sweet girl. Sorry.
2: Yeah. I so, so um, I started an adventure probably around April of this year. And what I did was every week I released a bibbity bobbidi Bartender video where I would visit yeah. each country of the World Showcase. Mm-hmm. So I've got about four left to do. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And and uh, this week we're going to be visiting Norway. Nice. Ah, Norway. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: And, delicious. uh, yeah, I will say your, uh, your videos are very comprehensive. They're very easy to follow. So I Thank appreciate you. that. Cause I'm very simple. So <laughs> I would be like, even I could do this. Thank You're you. Honestly, like, okay, like all you need is some sweet tea and you need this. And I'm like, okay, great.
2: Yeah. And, and I gotta say like, it's probably been a lot for a lot of people, this, this pandemic, the quarantine, whatever you are going through in this life, you know, it's, I gotta tell you probably lately, it's been a huge change for a lot of people that may have caused a lot of sadness and depression and to be honest with you, I think that what's super, super cool is not only are people really being responsive to these videos, uh, they're also being very positive. And I love that. But there's nothing better than like waking up in the morning to having an Instagram message or being featured in yeah. an Instagram post where someone's like, I tried this cocktail. Yeah. That is the coolest thing. It's so like,
0: good. And I'm drinking in a good way, not in a depressive way.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm drinking it in a happy way. No, but it's, yeah. su- it's such a cool feeling to have like you know, the, the people supporting it so much and not only just supporting the videos, uh, but also trying them and posting them and telling their friends. And I can say that probably would be like a much more accomplished sense if I started like creating drinks for things and people tried my creations of it. But being able to bring these recipes and a little sense of Disney magic home to people is just the neatest thing. And it just makes me so happy.
1: Speaking of Disney magic, we like to play a little game with our guests called... I was hoping Beth would just, I was hoping Beth would read my mind and just shout out on the, I'm an, going
0: to pull, I'm going to pull my notes up. On call. the spot fast jingle. Fast
1: there we go. Playing fast, fast facts. Um, fast, we fast have some, facts. We there like it is. Facts. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Um, so no pressure since I didn't warn you ahead of time, but we have some uh, fast paced questions for you if you think you're up to it.
0: I think this so. Let's like, give it a try. This is like rapid fire. You don't have to think the about it. The first, first thing that comes to, know, to like, your like,
1: mind, there is the no right thing. or wrong, but I will tell you if you're wrong. All right, here we go.
2: Purple. Oh, sorry. Am I early? <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, go ahead. And now for some Fast Pass facts with a um, copywritten song in the background. Okay. That's right. Uh, I'll go first. Cam, your favorite Walt Disney World attraction.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Tower of Terror. Cool. Ooh,
0: good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite Disney character. <sighs>
2: Okay, classic character Goofy, otherwise Wally.
0: Okay. Oh, I don't remember. He's so cute. Yeah, he is cute. I'm all about Wally.
1: Maelstrom or Frozen Ever After.
2: Next question, please. Oh my goodness. That means (laughs) Maelstrom. Maelstrom,
1: Yes. Sorry, incorrect. We were looking for Frozen Ever
0: After. That is the wrong answer. Um, Well, you're never gonna get it. Halloween party or Christmas party?
2: (laughs) Oh, Halloween party. Candy. Yeah. Costumes. Love it.
1: Now, you have a bias uh, possible with this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Your favorite mode of Disney transportation? Watercraft. Oh,
2: okay. No. Oh, you weren't expecting monorail, were you? Uh, maybe. So, Who knows? Watercraft. But to be specific, love... the Sasagula River boats. I love the, the Sasagula River. Like, oh, Can we have a moment, gosh. please?
1: I love the Sasagula for many reasons, okay? But mostly because, as a uh, before my, my previous, my current role, my previous role included trans- transporting guests, and we would drive from wherever to Saratoga Springs. And I always talked about the Sasagula River with guests. By the way, they never once asked about it, right? I just, here I am with some facts. You're going to hear them now. And I always say, I love the Sasagula River. Actually, I'm planning on naming our next pet Sasagula. I'm trying to get my wife on board. Uh, Sasagula for long, and then for short, would be Sassy because he, he or she would take after her dad. And, uh, and I was the only one that ever found that funny. But anyway, back to our game. Yes. Best <laughs> fast, Facts. Fast, fast. Now
0: that we've
2: found in okay, our next, Sasagula next is,
0: Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Should we be allowed to boo when an adult puts their child on their shoulders during a, a fireworks display or parade?
2: If by boo you mean throw things, yes. Yes.
0: yes. yes.
1: <laughs> Big heavy <laughs> things. Uh, Kim, your favorite quick service restaurant?
2: Oh... That's a crazy, tough one for me. I would say Flame Tree Barbecue. Home of Andy
0: from Sorcerer's Apprentice Andy. Look at that,
2: it's
1: all coming full circle.
0: That is. Um, Okay, my last one for you is Wishes or Happily Ever After.
2: (sighs) Oh, Happily Ever After. Yes.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah,
2: I was on the Monorail platform for a good year solid and honestly like hearing wishes every single night. (laughs) Although I would say what hit real hard, and this is gonna be a slight depressing moment, sorry. the day that robin williams passed was also a day that i was off work and i was like oh god i'm so bummed like this is this no celebrity death really hits me like hard that one did uh and to be honest with you when the genie scene comes up and he's like hello people up here and i was like no yeah so yes wishes was great but i i like happily ever after a lot
1: yeah you kind of forget that a disney movie can immortalize people in a really specific way
0: it was a very big deal that they got to use that portion in happily ever after because his wife was very like, we're not letting you use anything because of how y'all treated him. But anyways,
1: Hmm. so thanks for chatting with us. Time is flying by cam. So uh, where can people follow you?
2: So you can follow me on Instagram at cam.mac.adventures. You can also follow me on YouTube at Cam Mac Adventures, So it'd be YouTube.com backslash Cam Mac Adventures. Uh And I think that's it for now. I may be doing a Twitch channel shortly to do some video gaming, oh, cool. but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Twitch is like all the rage these days, I hear. Okay, and I also, I just searched like bippity boppity bartender and it popped up too. So you can Woo. also just Google that and it'll pop up for you.
1: Yep. and we'll You can out. Google that? Yeah. yeah I'm, sure I'm
2: doing talking. that right You're
1: now. You're Googleable. Put that on I your resume, it. Cam. Wow. Oh
0: my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. You're trending. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: yeah, I um, wish.
0: But it's easy to find you on there. So you know, if you can't find, if you can't remember, it's bippity Bobby bartender. Love the yeah. name. Yeah,
2: and we'll. Yeah, uh, we're also, also doing hobby videos soon too. So we've cool. tasted and tested a lot of things. There's a video that I did where I did a spicy challenge, the one chip challenge.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: crazy. Ooh.
0: you look like I love you're challenges. sweating a lot. I just saw the picture of it. it was like, ooh, he looks very sweaty. So yeah,
2: I probably destroyed <laughs> I mean, I like three or four that. of my vital organs, but I, uh, yeah, it was good all okay. for the do sake you watch, of youtube uh, though oh my yeah gosh.
0: do you watch uh hot ones do you watch hot yes ones? yes yeah love the hot ones sean is like
2: honestly if he ever needs someone to replace him or step in as a yeah. oh i would do yeah. that
0: he's got a he's got a really awesome job well he Frank, listens you know so
1: i'm so glad that you're putting your name into the hat yeah. ah, he doesn't listen i'm obviously joking yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's looking our
1: a <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks again for joining us. It has been yeah. a pleasure. And I'll link thanks all your information me. in our uh, show description as well for ease of finding
2: for everybody. Uh, yeah, so thanks again. I can't Can- wait to mention you guys too. Thank you oh, so awesome. much.
0: Yeah, appreciate it. Awesome. Well, have a good night. We'll talk to you later.
2: You as well. Talk to you soon. All right. I hope I
1: hope that people start following Cam on YouTube because he really does have some great instructional videos on how to make some like Disney drinks at home.
0: Right up the alley for Jen Drennan. So yes. That's our... Shout out to Jindrennan, but I feel like girl you need to get on this YouTube page. Yeah,
1: I want to see a drink off between Paul, who you may remember from our Disney drinks that yes. are worth it, and yep. Cam. And I wonder, uh, it's a, really a, a battle to the death. The death of like your I liver, have a, maybe. Anyway, I
0: have a feeling of but still, anyway.
1: <laughs> maybe. Um, what should we do first? We still got our news coming up. We have a one star review from last week that we got to do this week. We got our quote.
0: Let's get through our news nugs. Let's
1: get through our news nugs. News oh, gosh, I love the Goofy in there.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. That's um, I'll start. Me. Do you have any news, Nugs? I got nothing.
1: Me? You talk to me about okay. some news. I,
0: just have, I got some two Nugs. So they have announced additional fall dining options that are coming back. So at Disney Hollywood Studios, they have Hollywood and Vine. They're going to be bringing back Minnie's seasonal dining that is set to return September 25th. Uh, this article says, why well, it may look a little different than the last time you visited, you can get in the spooky spirit during Minnie's Halloween Dine with a Monster Feast. Serve to your table where you will be able to wave and snap photos of your favorite characters such as Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, and their friends.
1: If you've uh, ever so, had a good meal at Hollywood and Vine, you let me know. I'm waiting to hear a positive know, review of that place. But I guess
0: this is basically going to be a sit-down dinner where they kind of walk around. Close to you, I guess, is what the thing is. Uh, But they're still trying to do a version of that. Yep. Um, Then it also said that beginning September 24th, guests can enjoy dining in the enchanted fairy tale setting of Cinderella's Royal Table. Yes. So that will also be opening back up.
1: No princesses, Um, though. They're not a character dining experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, reservations for that begin September 11th. And then also they announced that some snack and quick service options will be reopening. So Gaston's Tavern will return September 4th. I know Lillian will be excited about that because she's been talking about that. Um, And the ABC Commissary at Hollywood Studios reopens for walk-in quick service for lunch. It looks like lunch only, maybe, and that's going to be beginning October eighth. Because yeah, I guess they wouldn't do dinner because everything's closing. uh, And oh, that's a
1: good point. Um, And I'll say that the menu at the ABC Commissary has really turned Mm -hmm. itself around over the past uh, maybe year or so. The food became good. good good. Yeah, Mm -hmm,
0: for sure. Um, And then the second thing that I had was that special room and ticket packages are being offered now for fall and holiday seasons. Um, Basically, what they're claiming is that for stays, most nights, September 4th through December 25th, you can save up to $500 on a four night, four day room and ticket package at select Disney resort hotels. Um, And that actually includes the enchanting new Disney's Riviera Resort.
1: Enchanting.
0: Yeah. So um, they're offering to save some money for, I guess, four nights, four day packages on that cool cool if that's your that's your thing look it up
1: all right before we get to our history and our quote and stuff i think we should do our one star reviews so if you're new to us this is where we read what we consider to be a comical if not completely dramatic and unnecessary review of someone's experience of walt disney world that has just it just needs to be documented and even dissected sometimes um maybe i'll go first with this one Uh, And of course, uh, we don't know the full names of these people all the time. This one we just know is Todd E. (laughs) So Todd writes to, not us, but let's just pretend. He writes to us and says the following. I was forced to enter this plastic hell when I lived in Florida. And now I don't even want to go anywhere near Orlando and the stinking cesspool that is a Ratland. And of course, Ratland. Wow. Ratland is, is one of the new lands in Magic Kingdom. They, they realized seven lands wasn't enough.
0: We need to add Ratland.
1: We need Ratland full of uh, just rat poop Okay. Uh, and he continues with, I will never go back. You can't make me. <laughs> also, a word of warning, taking acid and riding the We Are the World ride. You, We'll figure out what that is in a minute. We Are the World. <laughs> is not a good idea. Not saying I've done it, but I've heard the stories. That's some scary ass crap. I'm, I'm censoring. Uh, oh, and watch out for those costume characters; they'll hump you like a Jack Russell Terrier if you're not careful. End quote. A lot, of, a lot of things going on here. He obviously okay. has some bitterness to discuss.
0: Clearly, he was having a bad trip, and yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean that. A in visit, a,
1: a vacation. You mean a
0: visit? I mean, yeah. he was having a bad drug trip. Oh, yeah. So he experienced some things. It sounds like that were not real.
1: And you remember when I don't know what exact charity it was that they were trying to do, but when all of those artists came together and they sing "We All the World" based on the Disney attraction. Yeah. No, I'm making yeah. this up. He's obviously. I'm assuming he's a talking. No. He's talking about it's a small world, right? But <laughs> we are so, the world. He's so blind with rage. <laughs> about
0: Christmas. Uh, what's the song that they have? At Christmas. It's Christmas time.
1: <laughs> do they know what's Christmas In at all?
0: The world i actually wouldn't be mad if they played that instead of the uh just
1: every now and then um, <laughs> yeah there's a there's a couple time. of things in here i would like to address if you have a moment um okay. I, I get the Ratland thing people want to you know cheapen the mouse to be a rat i get it yeah. i just in the beginning i was forced to enter this plastic hell and i yeah, what does that I, mean? I guess like if he was talking about a specific ride i would get that because like, so i feel like maybe some seats you could sit yeah. on might feel like plastic Okay. I, I just don't know. And at the end of his first paragraph here, it says, "I will never go back. You can't make me." Are there people in me. his life that are prodding him like toward Disney property? I just I need to know more not about.
0: To make it a point to say you. you can't cannot make me.
1: Make me. And I would like to know what co- costume characters attempted to hump him like a Jack right. Russell Terrier. If you're not careful, and and what level of careful do you're you need not to be? Careful. Yeah, They're not
0: careful, they'll well, get Mike, you.
1: Like you give you give Winnie the Pooh the wrong eye, yeah. and all of a sudden he's pretending you're honey. I need to know more about. I need to know I more about. it. He's that.
0: really wondering if he actually went there or if he just re- legitimately had a bad acid trip. And I think he thought he, 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 that thought thought
1: he went That's like you know that's a pretty inexpensive way, comparatively yeah. speaking, to yeah, go to Disney. Just
0: sitting in his beanbag chair in his house. <laughs> um, interesting. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Yes.
1: And that's why we have the classic music in the background, because you can tell (laughs) very classy statements.
0: This one hails from SC Monster. That's her name. uh, Miami Beach, Florida. This was reviewed on September 17th of 2018. It says a very bad employee called Inez. (laughs) It says, I got my order a bit mixed, comma, the food raw, comma, my steak seemed to be alive, period. (laughs) I kindly requested for my meat to be fixed, comma, only for this employee called Inez yelling at me with a big mouth, period. Please get them fired. An unhappy customer. This was about Cosmic Rays.
1: Oh, good old, good old Ray.
0: Good old Cosmic Rays. And uh, I don't know if Inez is still working there, but this lady was not happy with her. And her steak seemed to be alive. So... I don't know if she just got a really raw burger or what.
1: You know, the line I kindly requested to have my meat be fixed really describes (laughs) how I would talk to people in chat rooms back in the day. I'm just kidding. That's not real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got my order a bit mixed. The food raw. My steak seemed to be alive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When did they serve steak at Cosmic I
0: I don't. I have no idea. I I think she might be talking about her hamburger, like thinking of hamburger steak. Like some people call them hamburger steaks.
1: I guess certain people do. That's
0: like how my friend's dad calls hot dogs tube steaks. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Can I say that? I like that all of this person just describes their visit. And then at the end, it's signed an unhappy customer. Well, no crap. The whole thing was a complaint. Well, duh.
0: (laughs) Clearly. And then it says date of visit was August 2018. Not that
1: long ago. We could have been there at the same time. I do
0: want to know if Inez is still working there. But well, then I I can tell
1: you for sure. I don't know all of the menus for um, Cosmic Rays over the years, but in the last two years, they have not served steak. I'm I would put I would I would bet that they have not served steak. I
0: Think she's talking about hamburgers. Oh, you know
1: what? And to this, you know what? If your name is Inez and you work at Cosmic Rays, we want to know. We want to hear from you. you. Have you been fired?
0: Have you been fired? Are you are you around still?
1: Yes. Do you continue to serve raw steak?
0: Do you remember who this person was? Yes, anyway. in
1: August of 2018. I'm sure that you remember every single person you encounter at the most <laughs> at the busiest quick service place <laughs> in all in of America. World, pretty much. I don't know about these days, but generally speaking, yeah. Lord. Let's do all our right, history. We'll go back in time, change gears quite a bit, do some Disney history.
0: first I'll go first. Go man. ahead.
1: Sure. Yeah. In 2000, uh, this week in 2013. The night before the official debut of the then-reimagined California Grill, Disney hosted the first resort-based Disney Parks blog meet-up and gave the blog readers an early opportunity to experience the new version of the Disney restaurant. Obviously, the new dishes, meet the chefs. That helped create the menu and the overall dining experience. And one, it's cool to know that the now-new or reimagined version of California Grill um was now seven years ago but i don't remember them doing disney parks blog meetups back then so i feel like yeah. and this is at the time the first resort based one and it got me thinking i wonder if there are if any of our listeners have ever done a disney parks blog meetup and i, I kind of like to hear right. about it so feel free to drop us a line on instagram at that park that podcast if you've ever been a part of a disney parks blog meetup
0: mm, interesting Would like to know I have never been a part of one. What year was that again? 2013. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going back all the way to 1984 when, you know, years truly was probably conceived. (laughs) Um, We're going back to Morocco. It was the first New World Showcase pavilion to be added to the original roster since the park's 1982 opening. Hmm. So, debut at Edcott. uh, It's located between... France and Japan, and the pavilion recreates the architecture and atmosphere of Casablanca, Fez, and Marrakech. So I didn't. I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't realize um, all the things that were in the original. And then when they started adding, so this was the first one they added. Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Seems like such a long time ago. Nineteen
0: eighty-four. Nineteen. Nineteen
1: eighty-four. Um, I still. I don't know why I. I do this, but whenever I'm in the Morocco pavilion area, I just expect to see Aladdin um i don't know if he ever did a character meet and greet back then Uh, i don't know why
0: don't they don't they do that now
1: i don't know maybe maybe one of the restaurants there was
0: i swear when we were there last um they were about to do a a meet and greet with them could be
1: and i i guess maybe i just i've never gone i don't know i just feel like i I should maybe it's just because it looks like agrabah a little bit i don't know yeah all right we got our quote coming up um and of course we want to shout out to Stephanie who is killing it over at World Traveler trading co on Etsy, selling her key fobs, which I still love. Yeah. I have not changed mine in a while, and it's not because I don't like the other ones I have. I've just been really been digging my vintage style D with the old Mickey logo on it. I still think it's cool yeah. and I'm in love with it.
0: I changed mine to the Spaceship Earth one and I've been loving that one. So I haven't changed it yet. But um I think she's got some of her she's got her fall slash Halloween yeah. stuff out so check it out and you get a discount with our discount code which is that park life
1: the password is
0: the password is
1: that park life um Mm -hmm. i've got a walt disney quote this week um it's been a while since i've had a waltie it's been a lot of disney characters along the way so a nice quote for you to leave us with or for us to leave you with i guess comes from walt e disney and he said at one point when you're curious you find lots of interesting things to do and i thought Ooh. i think if i were still at home during quarantine i i could use a quote like this so if you yeah. feel like you're bored of your surroundings and you can't can't quite figure out what to do next just continue to be curious and you never know what will come your way
0: i feel like that could go in a lot of different directions a lot of different
1: ways or just uh, get on that acid and go on we all the world in magic kingdom that's right and, that's right and that's your life uh, that's really all from us this week. Again, I am excited to go over our Are you a, Are you really a Disney uh, foodie next foodie, week? Yeah. On yeah. this, uh, shout out again to Cam. Thanks for joining us. Go follow him on Instagram, on YouTube for his bibbidi bobbidi bartender stuff, and he also does other food reviews, you know, uh, Disney restaurant reviews, and yeah. a bunch of other things on his YouTube channel as well.
0: If you want to follow us, you can find us over on Instagram at that Park Life Podcast um i'm at the healthy hot mess
1: and i am at the disney greg if you like what we heard today please feel free to like subscribe head on over to itunes you can leave us a review feel free to drop us a few words over there in your review if you're feeling so inclined we do appreciate it helps us move up in the podcast rankings and makes us easier to find basically when people are searching for disney podcasts on itunes
0: that's very true we appreciate you
1: yeah all right well that's all from us everybody we'll see you next week All right. Who could tell the difference between regular Greg and caffeinated Greg? Because I, I felt no difference.
0: Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think there was a difference.
1: Awesome.